but at least this is a religion a religious practice that Cheryl's following that like is explained in the show as opposed to last year which yeah. was nebulous church time you know what I mean yeah this is that she did not invent this religion for herself Pals and gals, and welcome to another episode of XOXO Riverdale. Here we are. It's the season premiere of season six of this six show. Six seasons in a movie. Six seasons of Riverdale. I'm Louis Perlman. I'm Kate Matter. This is your favorite Riverdale fan podcast hosted by two comedians who, at this point, should know better. Weird. <laughs> We're going to be Done. talking about the uh, premiere episode of season six. Welcome to Rivervale. Mm-hmm. Wait, Rivervale? What's happening? <laughs> yeah, <look. laughs> we'll also be filling in on some fun Riverdale news. Uh, if you like what you're hearing, you can rate and review us on, you know, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And the best thing you can do is subscribe. We love you. Thanks for everybody that's been reaching out. Um, one of our listeners was very excited to inform uh, us, and I'd actually already read about it, but it's very sweet of them to message us about the fact that uh, the Archies, so it's sounding like the band, like it's going to, the concept is hopefully going to be surrounding the band, the Archies, are getting their own Bollywood adaptation that's going to be released internationally on Netflix and produced by them. And it's directed by noted Bollywood director Zoya Akhtar, who's made a whole bunch of Bollywood movies, is actually NYU trained, interestingly enough, and uh, is also just it's cool because it's a female director, which I think is quite cool as well. Um, so, yeah, so that's going to be coming out probably next year at this point. So a few just little points about this that I think are interesting. Thing number one is that the Archie franchise is huge in India. Uh, it's one of their biggest markets. And we talked about this on the show a little bit before. But I mean, I think that honestly, one of the main reasons why is sort of the soap opera aspect, which I do think connects really well or just sort of uh, feels a lot like Bollywood movies that have already existed, especially like the love triangle aspect. Um, and then the fact that they're doing what's called an Archie's adaptation, like it makes sense for a Bollywood musical because I'm assuming there's going to be a lot of songs in it, which is really fun. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and the only other thing, my, my personal opinion about it <laughs> is that I will probably like it more than Riverdale. <laughs> I mean, and that's a, one could say, extremely high bar. <laughs> Yeah, I think I'm going to like it more than Riverdale. And I mean, also, yeah, like, that's not saying much at this point. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it does already look, just based on the way they've publicized it, that it's going to be somewhat lighthearted. And that'll be, like, kind of a relief after this show, after right? This, yeah. Don't, don't you think? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
I can't say that it isn't lighthearted though, just because it's so like off the rails. Definitely but, that it's it's, but you're you might be confusing lightheartedness with flippantness. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Which are yeah. two separate things that happen in in you know in film and TV. <laughs> lightheartedness versus flippantness. Uh, any other big Riverdale news we want to discuss before we get into the episode? I have none. That's totally okay. Kate's actually getting over surgery and is just a major trooper today recording this podcast. Uh, yeah, I mean, the only other thing I want to say is if you go on to KJ Appa's Instagram, he is just playing with his baby and he's showing all of us all the little dances he's doing and all the little faces he's making. And I think it's totally fine. Sometimes. And then other times you're like, yikes. Really? Do you think it's scary? I don't think it's scary. I just think it's like a little bit like, ooh. <laughs> like cr- cringy to see him doing it? Yeah, it feels like... Uh... God, I can't figure out what to compare it to. Except for like, maybe it's not quite that, but like, you know that one person who's like way into Nightmare Before Christmas? Like <laughs> if they had a kid. And like, he isn't, but like, do you know that vibe? <laughs> I do. I, I get it. I get it. Yes. Does it make sense? Yeah. 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 Uh, for me, I mean, it just feels like he's um, uh, just like really showing that he's just like a major goof, which doesn't, which I've heard about him. So it doesn't totally surprise me. Yeah. I think he's, I think he's a dork trapped in an Adonis body is what I think about him. Yeah, maybe. Just a dorky, dorky theater, dorky dork. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) let's get into this episode. Welcome to Rivervale. Right, which I think is a play on Welcome to Night Vale. Oh, uh, yeah. And then that's interesting. I didn't think about that. And also the Jughead narration felt a little like Welcome to Night Vale. I have no, I've never listened to Welcome to Night Vale or know what it's about. I just sort of like assumed. (laughs) There are similarities, actually. So that's very perceptive. I didn't pick up on that. Uh, I also compared Jughead's uh, intro to a Twilight Zone intro as well. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, very much so with him in his little suit. Overall, what do you think of this episode? Um, I think it was really, I thought it started really fun. And then fell apart. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I I don't totally think it fell apart, but I do think that, once again, it suffered from the characters behaving in ways that they would never do. Mm-hmm. Like, just you know, the characters not behaving like real people. Yeah, but it's, like, not clear if it should be like that or not, because it's, like, an alternate universe. Yeah, yeah. It's this, but it's it this... also picks up from where it left off so (laughs) yes because as per usual on this show the writers have decided they want to have it all yep yeah before we get into the specifics of this episode i read a very interesting article or interview with roberta aguirre sacasa that came out the day that this episode came out that was done by our old pal alex Salman, who's appeared on this podcast before and Basically, uh, there's a few a few key points that I want to lay out before we really get into this. Thing number one is, 
that this does indeed take place in some sort of world that is separate from the main Riverdale continuity. Mm-hmm. However, the final episode in this five episode arc, episode five, is going to be the 100th episode of the series. Mm-hmm. So it'll tie into the entire show and no. will set us off for when we resume in the regular continuity in March. So mm-hmm. RAS is saying right now that what is happening on the show does count in a way that will be explained later. Okay. So, and then he went on further uh, and I take some umbrage with this. <laughs> he went on to say, at the beginning of every season, we all decide what want, we want to have happen in the season. And we feel free to make the plots of all the characters as disparate as we wish. And then it's a fun challenge to tie everything all together at the end of the seasons. And yeah. I just want to say to our listeners at home that can't see Kate's face right now, it looks like I'm aggravating Kate's injury she's getting over from her it's, surgery because I, because of what I'm like saying. It's concerning to hear that they think that's a good idea. It is. And then he goes on to say, some people think we don't do that very well, but we always, you know, enjoy it and have a lot of fun. And I think we do a good job. It, it's nice that they're having fun. Yes, it is nice that they're having fun. I agree. One more, one more thing that Alex asked him that I also think just really ties into a lot of the discussions we have on this podcast. So I want to bring it up is he flat out asks him. So is the Riverdale continuity, the Sabrina continuity and the Rivervale continuity, are they all in separate universes or is the Rivervale continuity in the same world as the Sabrina, you know, and is Riverdale separate or, or what's happening there? And his response was, Uh, You know, I've never really thought about it. What? Yeah. Yeah. I, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I I feel like that's enough of a answer for us to just not really discuss it on the show anymore, which for me is a little disappointing, but as such a continuity world building geek. Yeah. To not even think about that. Yeah, I haven't really ever thought about it. It's not really how I think. Oof. Yeah. All right. Yep. <laughs> so that being said, <laughs> all kind of interesting stuff, though, to sort of bring up before we actually get into this episode, right? You know? Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> so we've got this Twilight Zone intro going on. Uh, reference alert. Jughead references Nightmares and Dreamscapes which is a collection of Stephen King short stories. Mm-hmm. And apparently another thing about this collection of episodes is they're going to all have different themes and feel somewhat like a collection of short stories, although they're all going to connect. That's okay. something else that they said. So Nightmares and Dreamscapes is an appropriate reference to that. Um, I noticed the Riverdale sign became Rivervale and it has a new little catchphrase. Yes, and then the catchphrase changed at the end of the episode. Right, so the first new catchphrase is you'll never want to leave. That's right. And then the final catchphrase is, of course, the town with heart, which yeah. the denizens of Rivervale take take literally. Uh, 
then you know we get that baby anthony keeps crying right so they go to dr curdle who's a pediatrician in this universe that's right so in this universe we get a whole lot of dr curdle as a pediatrician which is great use of dr curdle yeah because we love him i love that they like out of nowhere like three episodes ago just started adding a ton of dr curdle i think that something happened where they realized that we all love him I really do. I think that they want, decided they want to use him more because they came to this realization that he's a major fan favorite. Either that or because of COVID, they didn't want to like hire too many new people. So they just made his part bigger. Yeah. Like Dr. Curdle basically becomes like one of the utility characters, like utility yes. man on the show. Yeah. Which is, which I'm fine with. I like it. Uh, so, you know, they take him to Dr. Curdle and Dr. Curdle wants to put a frog in his mouth yeah what because well this is the beginning of this is so so apparently this miniseries is quote unquote a horror miniseries and that's okay like they've always skirted around sort of more ghoulish elements and like the fact that they're just allowed to play in this world i'm okay with that you know what i mean like in that sandbox that actually makes more sense than it being like I've got Jason's corpse that I'm dressing up in my, do you know what I mean? Like, at least it's just like, it is what it is now, you know? Yeah. And you jumped a bunch, but I should say that like, we find out that toad in the mouth is like not the most dangerous solution they have for colic. Yeah. And then the dangerous solution they have for colic, they're more into than toad in the mouth. It's so weird. And that's a moment that's totally them behaving quite dramatically out of character. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which I'm not that into. Um, but so we go through stuff like checking in on everyone's relationships. Yes, and eventually it gets to like in this fake universe. <laughs> yeah, the uh, that bomb at the end of the last season was a dream. Well, As- that bomb was a dream in Rivervale, but maybe not in Riverdale. Yeah. Right, and Archie mentions that that bomb went off in Riverdale. Yeah, and Betty's like that's silly. It's like I don't know, is it? Well, we'll see. What I'm curious about is if they ever revisit that or if that's it. Because I have a feeling that uh, Mark Consuelos was like, I'm leaving the show, and that all happened after the bomb. <laughs> Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, they wrote the bomb, and then Mark Consuelos was like, I'm going to leave. And then they were like, okay, well, we'll figure it out, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so they find... Kevin is running in the woods and finds like a weird sacrificial deer carcass. Yes. Um, and Cheryl shows up because Cheryl's like a sovereign citizen now. Yes. And they really throw that away. But I love like sovereign citizen stories when they like go to court and try to declare themselves a nation. Yes. That's just a favorite of mine that I they weren't going to work into the show, but I would love to see. I agree. I agree. And we also sort of have made this leap from the last season to this season of like now Cheryl kind of just has this army of young women mm-hmm. at her beck and call mm-hmm. and um, I think that's fun I kind of would like to see more of the dynamic between all of them yeah yeah just because yeah, I think like... it's kind of fun and strange you know yeah instead it's just kind of Cheryl bossing around all these young women 
who are all right. dressed the and same. We, like previously, yeah. Britta was like pretty strong, and now she just like bows to Cheryl. I do. I think that Britta's really fallen into the background of the show, and I think that's kind of a shame because uh-huh. I like the character. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ver- Veronica has a meeting with some client named Cameron. Yes. Who's taking notes and writing like the villain in a musical, like a <laughs> stage version of a musical, just like overly dramatic, but with like he's holding a pen, but it's clearly like should be a quill. Yes. And just like very flourishingly signing paperwork. And now, that, I don't even know what he's talking about because I was really distracted by that. Now, do we think that he was directed to do that or do we think that was uh, actor choice and they were all just like, okay, cool. <laughs> I have no idea. It's hard to know. I know. Seriously. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, so, but the main information in that scene is that she's like, no, 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 no. Like, I'm, I'm heavily committed to Riverdale now. I'm staying. I'm having such a great time in Riverdale. Uh, and then she calls Reggie lover, which I think is very cute. And I want to see these two crazy kids succeed. Yeah, and it seems like they're not gonna. Yeah, totally. It seems like they're what? They're not going to. No, I, I yes, which is disappointing. Um, so we have this, t- this scene in Tabitha and Jughead's apartment where Jughead kills a spider for Tabitha. She's like, no, I just want you to take it outside. Now it's like this is bad and Jughead says it's not like we're cursed now and it's like okay we know you are and also do you remember that at least the town of Riverdale got cursed in the last episode how many times has it been cursed now yeah so like now Jughead and Tabitha specifically are like double cursed like that's real bad I'm worried about it yeah I think it's too. So the next scene, Archie has like a plan to save the town. Yes. The town is running out of money because uh, uh, Cheryl sequestered all the maple trees. Mm -hmm. And his plan is to plant maple saplings. But like how how long does he think it's going to take that to pay off? Uh, (laughs) uh, Yeah, a while. I mean, it's definitely an investment in the future, but it's going to take a while if you're growing these maple trees. Yeah, like, if they need money now... Yeah, and then also, it means that everybody's going to be responsible for tapping their own trees. It seems pretty complicated, but whatever, whatever, it's fine. At this point, my mother was in the room, and she said, are they, like, really this series about maple? (laughs) And I started to explain that it was, like, an alternate universe thing, and then I was like, but actually, yes. Yeah, that this has been a big big thing in the show the whole time. And then then something that... I just want to bring up as sort of, you know, something that we've paid somewhat minor attention to is that then like Cheryl busts in and she's very upset about this whole plan, mainly because, uh, uh, you know, they have the, the blossoms founded the town and that the reason why all her maple trees are drying up and are lifeless is because the lifeblood of the town is dried up. And just, I just want to harken back to, I believe it was either season two or three, where we got into very, very minorly the fact that there were indigenous peoples in Riverdale that got forced out. Mm -hmm. And they're not tying in like, 
the fact that this town is maybe having all these tr- problems with nature, like they're just not acknowledging that it's maybe because all these people are colonizers. Do you know what I mean? We're like, that was already kind of hinted upon, but that never followed through. And now it's just been totally dropped. So I just want to, oh, yeah, I just want to point that out that it's yeah. like that all of a sudden it's like Cheryl's one of the families ta- founding, you know, and that, that that family's totally fine and that it's all totally great. So yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> and then like, uh, you know, they need to make an offering to she who walks among the trees, who's the maple maiden. Yep. But at least this is a religion, a religious practice that Cheryl's following that like is explained in the show as opposed to last year, which was nebulous church time. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is that she did not invent this religion for herself. No, apparently not. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, You know, and and this is like hinted at as being somewhat pagan, which is correct. Yes. And that's what happens in the first act. Yep. Second act. Second act. Uh, we hear from Molly Ringwald through the phone. Yeah, she wants the kids married and with kids. Yeah, you know, because she's so traditional. Yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, she's like, when are me and my new lesbian wife going to have grandchildren? <laughs> it's apparently really important to her. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, well, I that's why I'm here, baby. <laughs> so we see the beginning of the curse on Jughead and Tabitha, where his cereal, which if I recall was like a Captain Crunch knockoff. Yeah, it, it was. I can't remember what it said, though. Probably like Lieutenant Crunch. <laughs> Lieutenant <laughs> Crunch. That's the name of my new 90s ska band. um yeah and then a whole bunch of roaches came out and then he ended that uh a little on the nose but i appreciate it he ended that scene by saying what a creep show and in the film creep show there's a very famous sequence where a very sterile apartment gets overrun by roaches and it's super creepy so Uh what a creep show indeed yep so Betty goes to Dr. Curdle where they say the word Rivervale 17 times. Yes, I wrote that too. <laughs> this is a big problem. In Rivervale, in case you didn't know what was happening. Yeah, I wrote Rivervale, 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 cover girl style. Yeah, totally. Rivervale, Rivervale, Rivervale. But what is revealed is that all the women are barren. Yeah, all the women are barren, which is very difficult and also an element of this curse. Mm-hmm. And um, then we learn that the serpents used to abandon their babies in the woods. Yeah, I want to say the scene opens with them just like letting Anthony like cry it out. And so yeah. like, we pick up this. That's very outdated parenting practice. Very, yep, totally. Um, and I want to know who wrote it so we can like talk to them if they have kids because they shouldn't do that. Absolutely. <laughs> But they also shouldn't abandon their baby in the woods to cry it out there. So No, that's kind of even worse, isn't it? Yeah, you know. And also, question for you. Do you think this is on brand for the serpents? No. Yeah. It's on on brand for their, like, misunderstanding of Native cultures. Fair enough. Yes, fair enough. 
Yeah, like the serpents seem to really look out for each other, actually. Yeah. On the show. So this seems sort of odd. Um, and then it's time to have sex on money. Mm-hmm. So now that's a thing that's happened on Riverdale, which is fine and something that I was expecting to happen at some point. Yeah, it was real weird. Uh, and then, like, I wondered the next scene, what the timeline was. Uh, I mean, we always do, but it seems like Alex, Alice and Frank aren't fucking, which I thought they were. No. Yeah, they're still in their courtship phase. Right. So it's really soon after the last season, I guess. Yeah, it feels like this takes place almost directly after the last season. But they also have, like, all this stuff planned out for the casino. That means it wasn't? Like, it's just, I mean, it's always unclear. Why am I questioning this? Because it's our job. So, good. I'm proud of you. Good for you. Thank you. (laughs) And then we learn that Frank has a problem, and we'll talk about it as it happens. Mm -hmm. Then next scene, Archie's reading a baseball magazine. Yes. Which I'm sure made you thrilled. And Chuck Clayton's on the cover, so that's kind of fun. Is that who's on it? I was sort of looking, and then I was just like, Ugh, and then didn't look. Yeah, so Chuck Clayton's on the cover, so Chuck Clayton's a baseball star now. All right. Where hopefully he's still not being hugely sexually inappropriate with women. Yeah. You know. Uh, and then, <laughs> and then th- there's this whole scene that really bothered me, actually, that was about them discussing discussing adoption Mm -hmm. where they wanted to have a baby and make it make every step of the process you know uh, you know they they felt it was really important to have a baby that was genetically matched to them Mm -hmm. and it it's just it just feels really backwards and uh just not very caring for just adopted people in general it feels it's interesting for a show like this that like isn't like delving this much into it like that is a really important thing that's like way more complex that shows could and should tackle but that like Riverdale since they're just skimming the surface maybe shouldn't have tried to dive into I think you're right like this is just another one that they're just not really positioned to work to do yeah because there is like validity to that that can get like knocked down a lot so i think that there's it's not a bad thing on other shows that they'd played this this way yeah i think that's fair like for me i just think because it was dealt with so flippantly it came off as being sort of needlessly mean to adopted people you know that's all yeah yeah And then meanwhile, the people that can have a baby, just to like really hammer my point home that maybe some people shouldn't have children genetically are, you know, and these are two queer people who have had this genetic baby and are in a relationship and decide to abandon their baby in the woods. Yeah. So aren't we glad that resident absolute kook Cheryl shows up? To stop them from doing that. So weird. Yep. So, 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 so strange. Uh, And then Tabitha wakes up and something is biting her. Yep. And Bughead says, Bughead, Jughead says it's nothing, (laughs) but. (laughs) But then in the next episode or in the next sequence uh, act, 
he is a true bughead because yep. he has also been bitten by bugs. Yep. He has been covered in mites, but we get sort of, despite the fact that he's covered in scabies, we get a pretty sexy shirtless Cole Sprouse scene. I, once again, did not absorb that. <laughs> I was like, ooh, va va voom. <laughs> I'm in a weird place right now, so that's why that didn't happen. Yes, um, exactly. So we find that where the maple saplings were planted in town, all like way too close together, there's little like totems on sticks. Mm-hmm. Little Blair Witch dolls mm-hmm. that I assume were Cheryl's. And then Betty's like, no, I've seen these before. And then that's that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll get into it and it's fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then somehow, and this really doesn't make any sense, Veronica has gone through the purpose of commissioning an entire casino plan and which only has one office (laughs) this is so weird really weird right kate like what yeah (laughs) and that she specified that was her office too and not just office and also just like one office like nobody else that's gonna run the casino needs an office yeah. Like, is Veronica going to be the only one running the entire operations of this casino? Because that sounds like a misery and unnecessary. Yeah. Yeah. So then Reggie's miffed because he doesn't have an office. This all feels like such, so petty, such a squabble. And then Reggie handles it really, 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 really poorly because they still don't really write Reggie as an adult. No. But, but they don't really write any of them as an adult. So whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, they find the initials on the totem yes that are rb yes for rose which, blossom right which i also believe were the initials on something in the harry potter book so they were trying to figure out for like a season of not for a season for a book and then it was regulus black so i mean yes. it could be either you know maybe regulus black's gonna come in it's the big crossover event <laughs> And we also just learned that uh, Cheryl wants to throw a maple fest. Yep. And obviously Cheryl throwing up any sort of festival is going to go great for everyone. Always good. Always a good idea. <laughs> Always a good idea. <laughs> anyway, so then, um, then we sort of get into these, some of these issues that are kind of were hinted at last season, but like, they don't really come to any conclusion here, but this is the season premiere. So I get it. Like, you know, they accuse, they're like, Oh yeah, there's that drifter murdered and with the runes and blah, blah, blah. He was a sacrifice. Uh So like, we're beginning to get into the fact that like Cheryl and her family are practitioners of magic. And that's fun because uh, we've actually wanted to see that for a while. I would say, I mean, you know, just to reiterate my opinion about this, I have no problems if this season has a whole lot of magic and the supernatural in it. Yeah, as long point, yeah. as as long as this is the final season of the show. Agreed. Yeah, I think that we can have one season that's just super fun that way, and then we're done with the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and we get this scene where Frank is explaining his backstory to Alice. Yes. And my takeaway was that I do not care. <laughs> well, I'm not surprised. <laughs> I, 
I mean, at least this is written in a way that it's like somewhat logical that he wouldn't want to be intimate with someone so quickly. <laughs> like, yeah. that's fine. Like, this is like a logical character thing. And I give them kudos for that. You know, it's not realistic, but it's logical. It, it, why is it not realistic? I think I'm still really caught up on him being like a blood mercenary. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. That that's just a thing that's on the show. The basic ground premise of it does not stick with me. Yes, I think that is fine. I don't have a lot of a problem with it, but I really respect that, Kate. Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, Then we get this scene in Pops where uh, (laughs) uh, Cheryl calls Tabitha Tab-Tab, which I kind of (laughs) like. Yeah, I'm trying to think if we've had it before. We haven't. I kind of want Jughead to start calling her Tab Tab, just because I think that would sit very in a very funny way on Jughead's character. Yeah. Uh, oh, also, I mean, I didn't bring this up earlier. Just Archie's helping Jughead move in, and Jughead has a whole bunch of comic books all of a sudden. Uh, oh, right, yeah. I just want to point that out just because, and then Jughead says, I contain multitudes, which is like, yeah, that's fine, but like, Jughead has not mentioned a comic book ever on the show. He was homeless. Before that, he lived in a trailer. And he's been apartment to apartment in New York. Like, when and where did he keep all these comic books? Absolutely. It doesn't really make any sense. Jughead in the comics is a comic book fan. Uh, This version of Jughead, we've never seen any evidence that he is. It seems like he's much more into books and literature yeah Uh, so i mean i i dig it of course any portrayal of jughead is sort of that that cute broody geek that i want him to be i'm excited about but it still doesn't make Mm -hmm. any sense to me yeah like within the context of the show but that's fine anyway (laughs) um yeah so there's gonna be right so cheryl goes to pops to get a bunch of pancakes for a pancake eating contest yeah and the pancakes are wrapped really beautifully yeah they're lovely yeah Um, and then we see cheryl performing some like alchemy situation yes um and then i don't remember who says it but someone said is the world crazy or am i was it archie that said that it may have been archie yeah okay because it doesn't really matter who said it the point is that those are not mutually exclusive yes (laughs) both are crazy so betty and archie figure out Oh, and and yes, this concept of a sin pie, right? Where one person absol absorbs the sins of the town, and then they sacrifice them. To me, you know, this episode RAS gets the writing credit on it, and to me, that's the most RAS move in the episode. That feels very much like something he would come up with, and Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily dislike it. I'm like, yeah, that's. This is this is this has more of actually a texture of the comics from him that I like than the show has had in the past, right. and I'm I'm fine with that. I'm totally okay with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, <laughs> so Cheryl's up to something. Betty's gonna snoop in a real classic Betty fashion. Yep. Uh, and then we get to the Harvest Festival. Right, and no one, no one is willing to go against Jughead in the pancake eating contest, which is adorable. Yeah. <laughs> but then 
Archie ends up beating him in the pancake competition. I wrote, that's too many pancakes. I know. Like, the fact that Archie survived until they killed him is really a feat in itself, isn't it? Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, their stomachs didn't explode. But it's really funny. I just want to point out that, like, the social media promotion for this episode, like, the Archie Twitter and, like, a whole bunch of the other Twitters, all of them were, like, the fact that Archie beat Jughead in a in a pancake eating competition is how we know it's an alternate reality <laughs> and I like that just like you know that that was what they wanted to comment on the most <laughs> like, all right uh anyway <laughs> so we see them do like uh, a maypole which is just like always creepy <laughs> yeah and then also I haven't seen this film but this is when it started giving me uh, midsummer vibes yeah that's kind of what i assume they were going for yeah i'm assuming as much as well uh yeah and, and we'll, we'll talk about that sort of when we sort of discuss the episode as a whole at the end of the podcast yeah. so then um <laughs> then the, jughead like turns to archie and says i love you like a brother and that's when we know that something really bad is happening here yeah yeah. So then, like, Archie, as the winner of the pancake eating contest, goes on to a sawing contest with Reggie. Yeah, and the fact he doesn't was, barf here is really wild. Right, which was silly, but I guess, like, maybe that's the type of thing that happened at Harvest Festivals. Sure, and also one. the fact that Archie has no bloat after eating all those pancakes. Yeah. Like, Ugh. holy shit, yeah. And then the third contest is an axe throwing, which Betty goes up to him against. Mm-hmm. Which I like when Archie's just like, but I already won two of them. Doesn't mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. Does that not matter? <laughs> which is true. He's right to question that. Yes, absolutely. And then they go home. And well, first, so Betty, Betty wins Maple Harvest Queen. Yes, she wins Queen Shit. <laughs> yeah, yep. and then Archie gets the Sin Pie. That's right. And then they get a little fertility doll. That's right. And then and then Archie is almost eating the pie, not eating the pie, almost eating the pie. The tension builds. And then he eats the pie, baby. <laughs> yum, yum, yum. Eat that pie. Yep. And then, you know, Archie's asleep with Betty next to him. And then Betty's gone. And then... All this shit happens very, 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 very fast. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a scary ritual where everybody in town is going to sacrifice Archie to the, you know, the pagan gods, to the woman of the, of the maple trees, the maple goddess. Mm-hmm. And Cheryl describes Archie as just, just little nugget as having a pure heart. He's the purest hearted one. Now, a few things about this. Thing number one, from what we've seen from Archie on this show, he is not. <laughs> Just sorry. He's not. No, you're right. Thing number two is Archie's superhero alter ego, who he's dressed up as now on this show, is named Pure Heart. So that's cute. You know, that's mm-hmm. fine. Um, and thing number three this is so convenient because it allows KJ Apa to go on paternity leave for a few episodes. Yeah, I thought that was fun. And like they say, like, he's like, well, why can't it be Betty? Which is a very funny question to throw your girlfriend under the bus like that. Um, and yeah, the seriously. Is that, like, is that like, well, she got pregnant 10 minutes ago, so she has to she has to stay here. Yeah, that's right. 
but you you're out of here for a few episodes have a great rest kj well deserved quite frankly you know like go make instagram videos of your baby and we'll see you for episode 100 where he'll be back in the show yeah they cut his heart out and then it's the town with heart and then that's that yeah and that's that and the only like umbrage I take with this, unless they do it in some super clever way, is it means we're going to have this Sabrina crossover episode and mm-hmm. Archie's not going to be in it. And it just means that we're not going to see Archie interact with Sabrina, which once again would be like a pleasant moment for the fans, for the two main characters of the two shows to interact, you know? Oh, yeah, it would be fun, but it's not like it would be good. So Yeah, and it's not like it's hugely necessary for what they're trying to accomplish here, but like, you know it's a crossover like do yep. it you know yep um i hope that we get a cameo with that little sweetie cutie harvey kinkle my favorite oh yeah i love him anyway <laughs> who's on your power list my number one was bingo yes bingo we did get some bingo this up um and then cheryl mm-hmm. and then betty mm-hmm and then Veronica. Mine was very similar. Mine was Cheryl, Betty, and Tony. All right. All so, right. yep. Who's on your crush list? I just put Jughead and nothing else. Because <laughs> he was in his nice suit? Sure. <laughs> uh, I have Reggie because I feel like he, poor guy, needed some love this episode. That's fair. That's fair, yeah. Then I have Tom Keller, who got a line this episode okay yep as always and last but not least i have alice just because she's like so like lovely and nice in this episode and it really can go either way with that character so overall uh this is going to be an interesting few episodes because apparently each of them is intentionally going to take a different tone and i did appreciate kind of how muted the colors were i thought this was actually a very well directed episode of the show Who directed it do you know Oh, I, I mean, I'd have to look it up. It's a regular director. Uh, Gabriel uh, Carrera directed it. Okay. Uh, who um, Who I believe has directed many episodes of the show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, directed multiple episodes of the show. So, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I, I did like it had it was shot really well, had a nice tone. It felt like it was shot quite economically and knew what to do with the camera. It wasn't a sloppy episode, which we've mm-hmm. certainly seen on this show. Yeah. So I like that. Like it was a fairly stylish season opener. You know, I, I wish that the show could sort of get over its own writing problems. And it's such a shame. I feel like this is the second time that we've basically seen a reboot with a season premiere in two season premieres now and the reboots don't quite seem to fix the fact that they make the characters just behave in hugely idiotic ways Mm -hmm. but anyway regardless that's that episode yeah (laughs) next week ghost stories yes and it's apparently a supernatural episode with a ghost maybe it'll be a ghostbusters crossover oh yeah that's what we're all looking forward to Yep, absolutely. <laughs> if you like what you've heard, you can find us on social media, as I said before. Look up XOXO Rivervale. 
because I changed the name of all our social media accounts. Oh, good for you. Surprise. What fun. So look us up there. Thanks to Angelie Mercado, our wonderful editor. And Louis Aronowitz, our theme songwriter and current Saturday Night Live sweetheart. He's yes, been in two sketches now. Current Saturday Night Live superstar, Louis Aronowitz. Yeah. <laughs> Step aside, Pete Davidson. We've got a new boyfriend for Kim Kardashian. That's right. And it's Louis Aronowitz. <laughs> Thanks for listening. I'm Louis Perlman. I'm Kate Vetter. Bye. Bye. Bye.